Hello and welcome to uh, TF on its new home on Talk TV because we mm. finally needed a new right-wing news channel in Britain. I'm always talking to the TV. I'm yelling at it. Well, everyone's saying it. yes, Jeremy Vine. Easter eggs should be in cigarette packaging. <laughs> every, like, everyone who watches Talk TV also does yell at their TV. Like that's the main audience. Yeah, having yeah, two TVs side by side, one playing Talk TV, one playing GB News. Uh, going yeah, your totally granddad insane. from Only Fools and Horses. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I feel uh, that. Hello, way everyone. Uh, welcome, welcome to uh, the Sitcast, where I have recovered mostly. Yep. Mm. Uh, and uh, we also have Alison Hussein from uh, from isolation on the quarantine island. Yeah, the delegation Hi, from being a bit unwell. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't have COVID. I had COVID. I recovered. Um, and then I got what I can only assume is like Britain's plague of wokeness. Um, so <laughs> oh, I'm always nice. so I'm always coughing, yeah. but my coughs always sound like uh, words like equity and justice. Well, I'm, of course, I has more and more pronouns every day. Well, that's the thing. I'm always sick because I have the greatest plague of all: gender dysphoria, but also <laughs> yeah. also a cold. Um, yeah. What what, what what happens? You you went into like um went into like an unventilated basement, and yet we all caught gender mm. dysphoria. Yeah. Do they not vaccinate for that now? Reacting with horror when I'm diagnosed with gender dysphoria, just incidentally at the hospital for something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just coming coming in wearing a dress. Got some like really There's serious news. No easy way to say this, you. sir, or should I say, <laughs> madam? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Uh, and we also, of course, are. Uh, <laughs> You're going to have to get very into Paradox games. I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> I'm afraid you're either going to have to become a stacked baddie or get obsessed with guns or perhaps both. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, uh, so, and we also, of course, have uh, Dan Beckner of uh, the, uh, the Bottleman mm. uh, and some other stuff. Hi. You know, uh, you've done some other things, right? I'd like to begin by things. saying you and I have never met before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just We're, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm here on the ground. I've put boots on the ground in the yeah. United Kingdom. Yeah, look, Canada yeah. has been calling for boots on the ground uh, variously around the world. And mm. Dan has heard the call and has uh, yeah. joined the Canadians taking up yeah, the uh, no-fly zone yeah, over Bethnal right. Green. Yeah. That's right. I've, jo I've joined the international uh, <laughs> army of heroes to liberate Britain. Yeah. Yes. Can I, I also say the amount of coughing and sneezing going on in the background of this episode is like really atmospheric. <laughs> it's like really, I periodically just notice it. It is genuinely very funny. Just, just recorded in a sort of lazarette. Yeah. Yeah, can I get Nate a... will probably edit it out as well, yeah. so the listener won't even get to experience uh, it. You're but... never gonna get know what it's like to record from like the Sniffle Dome. <laughs> uh, the sniffle Join dome. me, Mr. Choppo. I lived in the Sniffle Dome for two weeks. It was terrible, terrible, unimaginable things happened in there. Folks, everyone was sick. Terrible party. Yeah. Very, very bad. <laughs> Everyone's sniffing. It is genuinely the worst thing that has ever happened in my memory. That I have got mm. a cough, I have got a dry cough, and I have the sniffles. Oh, I, no. I, are you excused from Ramadan due to being uh, I sick? am actually. That is a good. I've been. I've been excused for a while. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a note yeah. from my mum. Yeah. Yeah, but also yeah. that still kind of like brings with it like religious guilt. Um, of course. So I like. So I have like the physical illness, but I also have the mental illness of religious guilt. Um, yeah. So that's great. But so it's like it's, it's like a fun yeah. thing to sort of just like. There is something in the hadith about the prophet partaking of a lemon sip. Yeah. yeah. Can yeah, you, he, like, yeah, he was like, the lemon, like, the, the, say what you will, but the lemon orange lemsip packets, they do slap. 
Um, <laughs> You're not even you... supposed to feel guilty. Like there's there's a shit ton of hadith that's like, oh, it's actually forbidden for you well, to cast your sick. You know, and yet if... we both yeah, do it. Feel guilty about feeling guilty. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I want to talk about some stuff. Um, first, I like I I haven't even planned to to talk about this, but like I feel like I'm kind of going insane uh, at the. It appears that there is being a, a this new right wing TV program, uh, TV channel that's been launched by Rupert Murdoch a year after GB News, hmm. as the and as though like imagine being Rupert Murdoch and being like I need a TV station that's more right wing than the ones <laughs> I already have. Well, Im- imagine being the right wing TV network's B team. Is it competing with the existing? Well, they're all kind right of wing? competing with one another because and the thing is I see th- I see this as part of the same constellation of activities. As the desperate, um, as as the sort of, as the sort of breathless support for like Elon Musk to finally make a free speech Twitter, but we have free speech Twitters. It's fucking Gab and all these other networks that are like the free speech networks. And, and also at the same Twitter. time, <laughs> and at the yeah. same time, at the same time, there's now like this uh, thing. I've sort of cursed Alice by by showing her. Oh, this made uh, which me is, so angry. Which is mm. a new like sort of centrist movement is bubbling up because people mm. are dissatisfied with labor. Babe, it's the international PM. brigades of centrists. It's time for your center, your centrist Blairite political party. Yeah, and and yeah. so it it feels like the only it feels like there are these like like the record of Britain is skipping, and mm. we're playing the same four notes yeah. again. Of we want to change, or the record of the world yeah, in the, the sense first, of, of the first of Twitter. four notes of things can only get better by yeah. D Ream. Yeah. yeah, 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 and right. but like where it's, it's Britain has the same construction as like still Dre, you know, it's just basically like one very <laughs> short <laughs> looping <laughs> melody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where like yeah. we the where we honest, <laughs> the the problems don't get solved by like for of uh, for example conservatives feeling um uh, marginalized by a kind of like vague mm. vague liberal monoculture that they're just aware of but not part of. So they mm. just keep on starting news channels that no one watches because they just they're just desperate to see some news that they like. But the mm. only news that they really are ever going to see is news that pisses them off because that's how that works. You got to be the change that you want to see yeah. in the world. They you should- have to you have to be the news that you want to consume. <laughs> yeah, they should all move to Russia. They'd love it. They could watch Pyotr Kanal news all day. It's like the most amazing shit. It's like, Mr. Putin is great man. The Ukrainians must be destroyed. And also in Kastroma, they made biggest pancake in the world. Uh. <laughs> uh, and at the same time, like the, uh, the, the fact that like, I don't know, Starmer appears to have like sort of gotten what he's going to get out of calling the government scoundrels. Um, and and sort of milking the party gate thing. These these television channels, I welcome them, but I would call on them to go further by taking a balanced view <laughs> of the approach. Well, I would encourage GB News to give the Labour Party a go. <laughs> we could be reactionary. But like the thing is, right? All of this sort of conservative oppression, silencing of conservatives, whatever, is so totally illusory that when you finally have a, a TV news channel or a version of Twitter that you. Know, that can like say the unsayable and nobody fucking says it because no one is like as abnormal as you are. You just pick yourself up and you just have to start another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think well, well, this is yeah, this is like the kind of thing that um, I mean, it it, it make like talk TV sort of makes sense to the degree that Murdoch owns so many properties in like one building, like Vichard, that mm. like he kind of has the space to be like, yeah, fuck it, we'll do a TV channel, and the TV channel like exists, I think, in part to kind of be a TV channel, but also just to kind of like make viral clips, right? 
Like the intention is right. to sort of make viral clips, but crucially, as we sort of seen with GB News, because like none of them know how to do it, and crucially, like conservatives are always trying to like manufacture viral moments. Um, like, yeah, like, ne- us like right now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, we are. We we're always trying to do that. Um, like they never kind of quite get it. So all the kind of, all, you know, they with GB News, they invited people like Mark Dolan on and like, you know, uh, a few others as well who were supposed to sort of be these kind of like firebrand. Like Mark Dolan's whole thing was like he would rip newspapers up on like, uh, on like TV. I don't know if you remember that. That was his whole thing, right? Like a puppy. Yeah. And, 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 I, imagine, and I imagine he got hired by GB News to do exactly that. But then when like that didn't happen, because you can't manufacture those types of moments or like mm. you sort of have to push yourself to like an insane level in order to do that. You're kind of like stuck. Yeah. Right. I think with what I'm yeah, hearing you know, is, you know, is we need a hype house. We need, we need Molly May and Tom Harwood and some other people in a with big Julia building. Harley Brewer. You know what else is another example of this, uh, of this sort of like conservatives getting what they want and still wanting mm. more of it because what they want is totally divorced from reality is all con- and totally divorced. Well, that too. It's all conservative legislation, like the policing bill that just passed, which, you know, mm. it, it changes, like, practically less than a lot of what people imagine, but the important thing is that it makes people think that, like, uh, if you protest, the police can hit you with a grenade launcher. And that's what they want. And when it mm. changes nothing, they'll, they'll just pass another bill that says much the same thing six months later. I think people getting exactly what they want and being completely dissatisfied of it uh, uh, with it is a defining characteristic of of uh, modern politics. Like mm-hmm. we were just talking mm-hmm. on Bottleman about uh, the architects of the victims of communism memorial throwing a public tantrum in the Toronto Star that it wasn't getting enough funding uh, after the government has handed basically them and all of the people associated with them everything they ever wanted uh, vis-a-vis Russia and, uh, you know, where our public money is going. Mm. Mm. Uh, but I, I want to sort of go st- on, on the talk TV sort of idea before we sort of uh, continue on. I actually, while I was walking back here from physiotherapy, mm. I saw a billboard and it was Piers Morgan uh, who has a, sh- a talk show He's called back. Piers Morgan Uncensored? Because I don't know, if someone was Again, censoring him. When, at some yeah, point. when was yeah. he ever yeah. censored? He has had uh, but, four or five shows now where he can just say yeah. the unsayable, and each time it's been mediocre. Yeah, yeah the last time but, he had a but, show, he got so mad he stormed off it himself. That's not censorship, Piers. Yeah. <laughs> well, but then, but the, what what I found so insane about it, and why I just, I, and, and this is going to be sort of something I go to in the next sort of little news hit as well. Which is just that these people are unable to integrate anything that happens outside their paradigm of how the world works. Because the ad portrayed Piers Morgan as half angel, I was half about devil. To ask about this, yes, and said, true centrism. It said, it said, love him or hate him. I don't think anyone loves Piers Morgan. Who loves Piers Morgan? Who wakes up and is like, you know who I love? Piers Morgan. Even the and who his like feuds. him and agree with him don't yeah. love him. It's kind of like He's repellent. A, yeah, yeah, it's like British media people love Piers yeah, Morgan. It's it, like Jeremy Clarkson loves Piers Morgan. It's, it's like they're the the only reason that a new centrist party like the Britain Pro- it's not technically a centrist party yet. It's just a non-partisan cross-party project. You haven't actually over New Britain. Or we haven't whatever. talked about this. Yeah, I know, but, I know, I know. But we we will in a sec. But like that, all of these things only make sense. If you live in the brain of someone who is so cloistered in the Westminster media bubble, 
that they think that these kinds of things are somehow meaningful and that you can launch a TV network based on the strength of people's feeling about Piers Morgan. Well, this is a, yeah, this is the thing about like, this is also why GB News has broadly failed, right? I don't think it's like due to just like the lack of technical prowess and everything. I think like they presented themselves as sort of being like an outsider channel, like, you know, people who had sort of been rejected from like mainstream media and they were going to say like the unsayable, but like it was headed by Andrew Neil first and foremost. And it, it was stocked with like ex-BBC people and ex-Sky News people. And like the agenda was basically the same and they were just like kind of ripping off newspaper like the stuff that they found in newspapers um and they had like loads of segments about like the bbc license fee and like you know the structuring of the guardian and all that stuff like ultimately and i think and i genuinely yeah that's right and then it was like and i genuinely think a lot of like the failure of this and also the reason why talk tv probably won't be as impactful as like people who are sort of afraid of it think it is is because i think when you set up like a media project in britain and crucially one where you're sort of garnering for not like attention but acceptance which i think is like key if you're going to be have any kind of media career in this country like there is kind of you know you have to sort of buy into a particular worldview and you have to sort of like buy into the idea that like certain people and certain institutions uh, and certain magazines and publications are like they have to exist within the system regardless of like how loathsome they are or like how kind of like egregious they are like they Mm -hmm. have to exist and once you sort of take that as a precedent like all you can really do is then try to keep reaffirming to your viewers that oh yeah we're the outsiders and you're the outsiders as well um so just keep on staying mad and it's like one reason why like the whole like libs of tiktok twitter account is like more effective than most of like broadcast media, even in the state. I mean, I don't know how, like maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but like, it's kind of like how these types of like pseudo organic, like things where you're sort of just getting outraged at like posts tends to be more effective than like these kind of TV channels that try to present a worldview that like just doesn't function. Yeah. Because they can't be anti-establishment because it's all the same fucking people. And therefore, just as you say, GB news is mostly a series of like workplace beefs from like ex BBC people. <laughs> right. Well, if you want to talk about uh, also you know, a- another sort of group of people that is completely unable to integrate a world beyond say the, con- the immediate concerns of like Westminster political management, uh, but my, one that might have, unfortunately, some more uh, impacts on the world. And my is blood that, pressure. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you all knew this, but Liz Truss is trying to get us all killed again. Oh, cool. What's she doing this uh, time? Well, she made a speech called Geopolitics is Back, where among other things... <laughs> oh, woo. Did she begin Brackets by saying, oh, woo, out. yeah. I, uh, the thing yeah. where she, sa- she said, first of all, uh, mm. NATO needs to defend Taiwan as though it's a member state. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 but the second and second ouch uh she also basically said that uh it's important that ukraine rolls russia out of all territory to restore status quo uh x 2013 this, this being the same liz mm. trust who does not know where russian territory is uh, after yes, the time that correct. lavrov uh, trolled yeah, her by yeah, being yeah. like oh do you think that uh you know moscow or whatever? yeah 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 that, that was awesome i love the idea of just like every every time like liz trust comes in for a meeting with like the russian government they're all like joking around before she comes in and like no no seriously i'm going to ask her if she thinks the moon is part of ukraine no, <laughs> yeah. don't don't laugh don't laugh or she'll know something's up no. the, the great russian city of salogorsk <laughs> that's right yeah where um but, but and then she also said that they're like she and um i believe ben wallace have basically mm. said we are ben we are encouraging <laughs> ukraine to use british made weapons 
proudly made in Britain to strike at targets inside Russia. Yeah, the big Union <laughs> the Jack paints that they, that's they, they you see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's what they should be given. <laughs> <laughs> no camouflage, just vibes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, like... Just the renditions it, of famous Britpop mm, album covers, yeah. like airbrushed on the side mounting machine guns to the mini coopers from the italian job yeah we're actually yes. we're actually going to lose the ukrainians the war by providing them with snatch land rovers <laughs> uh, which will get blown up instantly we're going to send the range rover mum. yeah um yeah, but he says we he says we are going to keep doubling down we're going to go further and faster to push russia out of the whole of ukraine meaning also crimea which Navalny has said he's not willing to, to yeah. concede. It's not possible, uh, like practically. Yeah. Well, the trouble with Crimea is as well, like you can you can have very valid disagreements with the way in which it was done, but it does seem to be the case that the majority of people in Crimea are like pro-Russian. Like yeah. I, I like people I know in Crimea are like who are like liberal Russians are actively like it's insane how much people here love Putin. Yeah. Like. <laughs> It's like actively annoying how much they love Putin. <laughs> but like, and but what that and to me that actually like this whole like speech that Liz Truss gave, right? What it's actually do to her, what she's doing is she's engaging in internal Tory party management, right? She is portraying herself as a Thatcherite figure who is tough, right? Who is going to do and say the toughest thing possible that you could possibly imagine. She's the Iron Guy boss. And I mean, a, and, a certain, yeah. a certain amount of sympathy <laughs> in that you can't fucking get up there and say, okay, we're going to litigate where the border of East Ukraine is, and then we're just going to run yeah. the Cold War back again. Uh, yeah. But, but. <laughs> you also <laughs> I mean, don't have to say, um, you know, we're going to park a Challenger 2 in Red Square by the end of <laughs> this <it> year. <laughs> This is why when people make foreign policy speeches, they're vague. They say things like Russia must return to the negotiating yeah. table or whatever. Yes. That's why yes. people say stuff like that to avoid saying stuff like this. <laughs> it's simple. Um, I really can't believe I showed you Seinfeld and now this happens every other day. <laughs> uh, but no, so, but what's oh, yeah. happening is she's because like, I think it's like the Westminster system that Britain bequeathed to the world and its tradition of like, putting someone who's just some guy in charge of, say, the foreign policy yeah, of the country. Now, just some guy yeah. can be just some girl, and, I mean, that's right. that's cool, I think. Uh, but, right, because, because the system works in such a way as, like, you know, you have to be elected with, uh, at the head of a constituency and then climb the greasy pole, but, like, as a generalist forever, and then you just get rotated around to have a go at managing, like, the farm budget, then, like, in a foreign aid, and then diplomacy or whatever, you end up in diplomacy. situations where, yeah, like, as a ma to, in order to pander to 200,000 conservative home readers, Liz Truss is not able to metabolize the fact that she is actually antagonizing a nuclear power. Yeah, cool. I, it is, it is, and it's like, think about that. Four of the five eyes, 80% of the five eyes have a similar system where the, whereas the person will be put, what person will be put in charge of like diplomacy or the army or whatever on the basis that they're friends with their other little coterie of freaks and just keep getting reelected in their rotten borough. And while they're doing that, they also have to do like, constituency bullshit as well yeah yeah it's very funny that yeah to, to be like the foreign policy guy first of all you have to cut your teeth on silage regulation <laughs> you got to be talking about cattle manure and so and so like what you get right because of this this insane system we now have as a matter of like as a matter that uh, that is inextricable from 
Tory party management just trying to like a leadership bid among a selectorate of 200,000 retired pensioners. She's basically like, well, I guess the best thing for me, Liz Truss, is to, yeah, as you said, Alice, say to Russia, so it will impress 200,000 retired pensioners in like the Southeast. I am going to declare war on Russia. We are fighting a proxy war through Ukraine. We are going to park a Challenger tank on Red Square tomorrow. Yeah, and also while she's doing this, this she's, is a threat, Russia. She, by she's, the way, she's, she's got to be like so. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, I'm gonna like uh, threaten to like sort of invade bits of Russia. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm gonna do like speed bumps on the high street in wherever bin my collection. constituency is. Bin collection. Yeah. Vladimir Putin, meet me in the car park outside Wimpy Burger and we'll <laughs> settle this like men. It would be so fucking funny if the if we made the Russians do this too. If like Putin had to go back to his fucking constituency somewhere in the middle of Russia and just like... <laughs> I don't know. Do a like constituency surgery. That would that would be great. <laughs> I think she could combine both approaches and just uh, you know ad- advocate for the Ukrainians to do airstrikes on speed bumps that were <laughs> <That's right. laughs> elected in a hyper landslide. <laughs> we're, we're going to give the Ukrainians trident to fix their speed bumps. Um, but this is this the, this uh, last thing on Britain. To destroy before. cyclists. I, I have I have a thing that Vaporizing combines cyclists with Bayraktar drones. <laughs> That's right. right. I, have, I have a thing that combines uh, technology in Canada after this. But I wanted to talk about one more thing or two more things. Uh, this was sent in by a friend of the show, former guest Rebecca Wilkes. So thank you very much, Rebecca. It's two tweets from um, Labour MP and uh, noted dunce uh, Chris Bryant. Awesome. He says tweet number one. I see the Russian Federation has sanctioned 287 MPs today. I haven't seen the list, but I presume my name will be on it. It will not stop me doing everything in my power to make sure Putin fails in his barbaric and illegal war in Ukraine. Nice. Next tweet, one hour later. What do you think? I'm not on the list. I see Charlie Elphick is on the Russian sanction list, but not David Lammy or myself or Stephen Doughty MP. You get the feeling the Russian Federation's a bit incompetent. Yes. I, this brand of tweet... Fucking rocks because uh, Russia sanctioned uh, a bunch of Canadians recently, and Justin Ling made the exact same tweet. Mm-hmm. Why am I not on the list? I'm important. It's <laughs> like yeah, like a, a an opposition MP from Wales whose main thing is that he like can't stop posting. He's like, oh, I posted so hard against the Russians. Do you know that Chris Bryant has banned me from Ronda? Well, we will see how he likes it when he cannot turn up in uh, the Novosibirsk. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. But you yeah, will but- not be seen in Varonezh anytime soon, Mr. Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're doing a uh, uh, Coal Mines of the World festival, and it's actually happening in Magnitogorsk. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, Bryant. You're, you're, all, you're allowed to come. Persona non grata in Ulyanovsk. Yeah. <laughs> Just like just just the desperation to be part of something important, and to, and I think it's 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 like obviously it's tragic that Liz Truss is threatening the continued existence of life on the planet, but it's mm. almost doubly tragic that Chris Bryant wishes he could be doing that and could be that important. Ron, Chris Chris Bryant just seeing like London get nuked first and Cardiff remains untouched, and he's like, "This is typical London-centric <laughs> behavior from the Russian government." Why don't they know what a threat I pose to them with my yeah. posts? Mm-hmm. That's right. Cardiff should be a primary target. Yeah, that well, that's uh, that. Uh, yeah, stop them not making because any we don't... more like BBC mid-budget yeah. dramas. Yeah, 
And that's yeah. not because we don't like Cardiff. It's because we well, recognize how important Cardiff is. <laughs> well, personally, me personally. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uplift Cardiff. To the top of the targeting list, yeah. Uh, Leninist thought. Mm. Yeah, that's right. We must destroy Vodka Revolution's Cardiff. <laughs> Some of their craziest nutjobs are from this place. Uh. <laughs> all of Britain's hardest bastards come from Cardiff, and they're, uh, they're, all, they're all flying out to Ukraine. That's right. Um, no, I want to talk about something Canadian briefly. Uh, Dan. Fuck yeah. Dan. You're Canadian, yes? Yeah, sure. Yes. Yeah, why not? You probably have never met him. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. Yes. I, I mean, not before this week. I see That's myself more as a citizen of the world yeah. after having spent just over 48 hours in London. So Yeah. Also, Milo, that's actually true as of this week. That's what's made it such a nice week. Is that Dan and I had never met before. That is yeah. true. We'd never yeah. felt the this, this sweet kiss of each other's embrace. I know. Yeah, that's I, right. It's, it's been yeah. magical. Yeah. Uh, a trickle of sweat on the small of your back. Riley got me a scarf. I got him a drum machine slash sequencer. Yeah. We went out for some really good screen. We went out for some incre- an incredible dinner uh, on Tuesday. We're going out for another incredible dinner tonight. Mm. Yeah, right after this. Went to the British Museum. Twice in one day. That's, uh, You're pre-declaring not, not incredible. Out soon, Tim Hortons is yeah. coming. No, uh, I know it's going to be incredible because it's my favorite restaurant. It's always incredible. Oh, I see. Uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I do have got to, Yeah, I've got to say, Bella Italia does have some like really good options these days. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not Bella Italia. It's Pizza it's, Express. It's you should know Express. the difference. It's it's like Pizza Canada. Express. Fucking asshole. <laughs> so, I saw people. a restaurant up the street that's just called Pizza Pizza, and that's that's kind of stealing Toronto yes. Valor. I can't. I'll get a pizza flavored pizza then. <laughs> What's with all these toppings and that? No, I'm going to Noble Rot later, and I'm very excited about it. Mm. Uh, no, uh, the restaurant that we're talking about today is, of course, called Freshy, with two eyes, like a Ukrainian last name. Mm. Uh, what do you? What's Freshy like, uh, Dan? It's like a shitty salads and shitty juice. It's like, um, it's you know how like Sweet Green has been able to present itself as like kind of a tech company. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Freshy has decided the Canadian Sweet Green has decided it's kind of a tech company now too, but not just because they have a website. So uh, this is from Ad Age. Freshy, the Ontario-based restaurant famous for its real foods. <laughs> its, I'm sorry, what? Famous it's, it's, for sorry, famous for its real, comma fresh foods. Uh, real fresh yeah. foods. No NFT foods here. <laughs> not real no, no, fresh. Fo- not the, the foods real, are real fresh. They're comma. real and fresh. They're both. How real would you describe your food? Well, first of all, allow me to say that it's definitely real. So if you could write that down and put that in the paper, please. <laughs> this is not a Potemkin restaurant. <laughs> no. Um, all of those people behind the counter over there—they're not cutouts. They're actual people. Well, 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 hang on. Hold your horses. Oh no. Hold the phone, Milo. Yeah. Has mm. been testing a new system by the name of Percy. Hold on, just let me, first context, um, one of the biggest conversations about labor and, uh, and, and service work in Canada is that no one wants to work anymore. Yeah, apparently. No one wants to work anymore. Um, they've all gone out for a rip Yeah, they never came back. They're, they're, they've, they've gone all, for a collective rip. Yeah, uh, they're gone. hacking darts. Everyone in Canada is hacking a dart behind every building. Uh, no one is at We've their jobs. universal basic darts. Yeah. yeah, they're on their dart break, eh? Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's right. right. Uh, everyone's everyone's tooling around in the snow machine. Uh, they're they're hacking a dart. Yeah, they're going um, to Dartford. They're, that's right. <laughs> hack a dart. That's right. They're yeah. they're playing the very fun Canadian game of let's see how far we can drive my car out onto the ice. <laughs> oh yeah, very nice. <laughs> Which, uh, Dan, as as you know, this is a real Canadian game. Yeah, it's yeah. also um it's also an Upper Peninsula thing in Michigan. The yeah. Uh, my friend Randall once drove his car out onto uh, the lake, and then a blizzard came in. And uh, mm-hmm. right after he had done a hit, of, a hit of acid, and he was like, well, I'm fucking stuck here until the sun comes up. Yep. Right. It's the real pioneer spirit. 
I feel like people don't really don't understand what a scumbag country Canada is. It really is. <laughs> like it is the entire it is like as much as anyone in Toronto will like to tell you that, oh, this is kind of like New York. But if it was run by the Swiss or whatever. No, Canada is a country of hicks. This is what pissed people off when uh, when uh, Rob Ford became mayor of Toronto. <laughs> is that is that, you know, Accurate. not that he was uh, racist or corrupt or any of those things. It was that he uh, he just peeled the mask off, you know. It's 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 yeah okay so anyway this is uh, in terms of a country of hicks this is our version of sweet green uh, and yes as we say no one wants to work anymore um, there's everyone's been too coddled uh, mm-hmm. because of participation trophies etc 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 well now when a customer ap- goes into Freshy and approaches uh, the now completely cashierless system they will mm-hmm. encounter Percy yeah staffed by pigs what now. Here's my question to all of you. Dan, I think you know the answer to this one, so I'm going to ask you to hold back. I was relying on Alice for that one, really. (laughs) Um, uh, (laughs) What do you think Percy is? Because I'm, I'm sure you can it's imagine. Be like Percy is one of two things. It's like Clippy. It's no, it's us. it's the other thing that it could be. Oh. Uh, it's an, it's a, it's a kind of like automated checkout, but it also can give you a Shawinigan handshake. No, no, not just automated. Just comes out. <laughs> Let's see. I'm afraid not automated, folks. Is that you do it yourself? No, Crucially not automated. You're, miss, you're missing the other thing that all of these companies actually do. If they're not automating something, there is someone taking your order. Where's that person? That person in a foreign country. Yeah, it's like somewhere Milo. else. Okay. So, mm. it's like, so it's like uh, in Pacific. No, it's not even like Pacific Rim, is it? Because they are actually in the machine. Um, yeah. Yeah, Hola, bienvenidos a Snow Crash. <laughs> yeah. It's no, uh, okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, they are in Nicaragua. Oh, perfect. Ah, yeah. Where uh, the minimum wage is three dollars and seventy five yeah, cents. N- yeah, Nicaragua, oh. Nicaragua on the lake. Yeah, <laughs> supposed to. It's got a microclimate. <laughs> it's got yeah. a mesoclimate as well. So, um, why, I, did, why do I feel like if you earn three dollars an hour in Nicaragua, you're probably better off than someone who earns eight pounds an hour in Britain? Ah, <laughs> uh, because Britain like? is Britain is stupid. Or yeah. seven fifty in Canada. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you consider how much more expensive these places are, it's embarrassing how our minimum wage isn't that much higher. Um, so, but it, Freshy typically hires a server, uh, paying twelve to sixteen bucks an hour, mm-hmm. uh, and Ontario's minimum wage is now fifteen bucks. Um, and this was reported in the Toronto Star as, quote, saving the company $10 or more an hour. Oh, well, not great. Mm. $10 or more. I- I'm sure that that's pa- being passed right on to the consumer. But mm. still, right, they say it's what they say. Um, Paul Hughes, the chief business development officer at Freshly, this is back in that age, um, mm. when speaking about the technology, said, just like with Uber Eats, Skip the Dishes, self-checkout options and other emerging ordering cashier technologies... Freshy is always looking to be an early taster and adopter of new tech solutions. But what's the tech solution? There it's just a guy. guy. It's having a it's guy. A it's a guy. guy. That's technology, you know. It's just using it's, the phone. It's just a guy. It's the interface between you and the guy. Yeah. I guess. It's yeah. They, they like they've developed wage arbitrage as a technology and they're using an iPad. And that's makes mm. them uh, that's they're now a tech company like Sweetgreen. Mm, that's right. Um and I actually did ha- I, I went it took some finding. To find their actual website, the High Percy company that has developed this uh, technology, quote unquote, the technology of getting a call center in Nicaragua where the wages are very low. Mm. Right. Uh, so the comp- the, the, so uh, Freshy said this, Percy's global workforce currently has employees in several countries, including Canada, and we will continue to hire qualified talent in any city, state, or country catering to the market market's needs. Oh, well, Mr. International over yeah. here. Well, we oh, we again, cannot like, be stopped. Dale. 
Also implying, <laughs> Do not try and stop us. implying that anyone criticizing them is saying like, I don't think Nicaraguans can be a cashier at Freshie. It's like, we believe in them and we'll pay them the minimum wage. That's right. Um, Do not interfere. Oh, the minimum wage for that jurisdiction, not the minimum wage where we are. <laughs> That's right. Uh, they say, said, God, uh, Freshie went on to say, it's not about replacing people or jobs or about lower pay or working conditions. Again, uh, those are just byproducts of what we're doing. Yeah, we just mentioned lower those four happens. things just to say how we're not doing them. It's about <laughs> creating jobs in Nicaragua. Yeah. yeah. Well, you not want to have them to have jobs in Nicaragua? Um, they say it's about a labor shortage across the restaurant industry. Most restaurants in North America offer rewarding jobs that pay above minimum wage. What? Like, no. Wrong. Yeah. Please go on. I'm sorry. I yeah. No. I worked in food for at at nice restaurants, and I worked at places like fucking Freshy, and they have never offered rewarding jobs, nor do they now. Yeah. Less so now. And the idea of and they say, well, we don't. The reason again, like that, a lot of people want above minimum wage. Probably is that uh, number one. That's the labor market, bitch. Number two. Uh, the other issue is. The costs are kind of going up everywhere. And so, you know, to say, well, we're going to respond to that by, uh, you know, outsourcing everything to Nicaragua. Again, like, yeah, that's the labor market. But this is also where why we have things like politics, where we expect to be able to, say, use collective action to stop things like this from happening. It worked so well in every other industry. Mm. You know, there's never been any problems with all the other things they outsource to countries thousands of miles away. Yeah, of course. And yeah. it also it's it's like another one of these um another one of these things of saying, well, we don't want the people who are working for us that enabling our company to, you know, make money and it's uh uh it, it's you know relatively like um uh stable developed high high earning uh, uh country with its high levels of social reproduction, healthcare, all this. We want to make sure that we don't the people that we're working are working for us that they don't have that so that we can uh you know put the boot on them better. And so they're like, well, we'll just have someone call in from Nicaragua. And then slowly, slowly, what happens is um, that these that, that the demands for higher wages are, are, are responded to in kind. And again, this is actually like a conservative talking point, right? That if you have high wages, then they'll just outsource the jobs. And like so many conservative and to be honest, liberal talking points, uh, it only sort of works if you don't finish the thought, which says, okay, well... How do you stop them from doing that? Well, the truth is they'll just fucking outsource the jobs anyway. Yeah. The wages don't have to be high. Yeah, true. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Why? Uh, why I don't get about this, though, is that, like, if you walk into, like, most fast food places like a McDonald's or a Burger King, whatever, in the UK, yeah. they don't really have any cashiers anyway. They have maybe one or two, but everything else is the ordering kiosks, which are, like, automated. They don't rely on someone in Nicaragua and... Well, Pretty much so everyone knows how to use one. Yeah. yeah, there's just a guy in there. Yeah, there's a guy in there. <laughs> there's one like Nicaraguan touching, writing it down. Really flat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you move? <laughs> Don't you move, Pablo? <laughs> they need the illusion. Yeah. But yeah. well, and the thing is, what you know when that happened? McDonald's started rolling those out in its restaurants in response to the recession, because major shocks in the economy tend to. And there's a, a paper on this that I read a couple of years ago. Major shocks such as that in, in the economy, they tend to produce transformations in the labor market that are sticky. So at a time when, say, it's very cheap to borrow money, but expensive to pay workers, then what you do is you replace labor with capital by automating things. And then what happens is as the economy recovers, uh, those jobs don't come back. They just stay automated or they stay de-skilled or they stay uh, uh, otherwise sort of alienated from their final product. 
And so what you call the constant refrain you hear from the automate and outsource people is that, yes, uh, times are tough. Yes, we're cutting work to automate people or outsource them. But what this is going to do is free up employees to take on more rewarding and creative tasks. Like but, unemployment. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like you, uh, getting really into uh, pressure cookers <coughs> and where to buy them. Yeah. <laughs> you, mm. <laughs> because you never... They never specify what those fantastic pressure cookers and where to find them. <laughs> you never, you never, you never specify what that uh, more rewarding creative work is at a freshie. And in a sense, what they're trying to create a taboo in is saying, "Well, wait a minute, maybe there isn't actually a lot of rewarding and creative work in a service industry because, or at least in this kind of the service industry, because." The jobs themselves have already been designed mm. to take any, say, relationship that you have with the salad as yeah. the creator of the salad out of it to make it a standard product. Mm. So there's no room left for you to be creative anyway, unless you're fucking solving a customer dispute. When I was let go from Freshly, I was so disillusioned, I went straight out and bought a pressure cooker. But then one of my Nicaraguan <laughs> colleagues reached out and taught me to make a fantastic pozole in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, with all of this, I have the About Us section from Percy their website, which was hard to find. Hi, I'm Percy. How can fuck I help you. you understand me better? Fuck you. <laughs> Don't fucking speak to me, you corporate entity. <laughs> can I help entity. you understand me better? Uh, let's, yeah. let's hear no, Percy. Don't tell me your story, Percy. speak in my human language. You don't deserve it. The frustration and fear of not knowing if enough staff will show up for shifts on any given day is real. <laughs> Yo, the struggle is real, and sometimes you just don't have the spoons to be an assistant manager. Some days, and that's that's where that's where I come in. I uh, ain't got the spoons, Jerry. Yeah. So the frustration and fear of not knowing if enough staff will show up for shifts on any given day is real. Mm. An understaffed restaurant is not just disappointing for customers, but dangerous for restaurant owners and the survival of our entire industry. Oh, no. Wait, well, it's dangerous for restaurant owners? An understaffed restaurant is dangerous for everyone in the building. Yeah. Like, <laughs> an, an, because an, you're working just as hard. An understa yeah. An, mm. an, any understaffed workplace, in fact, if you're working, say, with your hands, with tools, with fire and knives, yeah, not, is not, dangerous. Not that kind of like petty danger where you might lose a finger. We're talking about the real danger, which is like franchise owners maybe not being able to mm. buy a second Mercedes. Exactly. Yeah. You might have to yeah. remortgage that boat. Yeah. I'm speaking as someone who lost an entire fingertip in a coffee grinder because of understaffing. Well, yeah, but think you, about how many Mercedes that could have been if you added up. I know. I mean. <laughs> it's, tr yeah. it's true. I was thinking about my boss the whole ride to the hospital. I hope he's okay. Yeah. Per Percy helps restaurants focus their limited staff on the highest value work. Again, why are there limited staff in restaurants? Could it be that uh, maybe they're, not, the, the they're just not paying enough? Pandemic. Hmm. There's a pandemic. Yeah, because there's no people. It could be that they many jobs. don't want to be screamed at by a, uh, but just like a socially uh, maladjusted little tyrant. <laughs> yeah, like that. Like, uh, like the like the, the my, my new restaurant, Little Napoleon. Yeah, <laughs> the petty. The, the, All the, the getting petty, yelled um, at of being in the Marines without any of the other qualities of being in the Marines. Yeah, you don't even get a yeah. gun. They don't even let you hold the gun. Yeah. You do get a knife, though. You will retract your foreskin and use it to salute Percy. Yeah. <laughs> you will. We will. We are, what we have done is we have given you get to fuck the pressure type. cooker. We've given you a mustard gun, uh, and that's what you can use. With, yeah. with this is my mustard gun. Without it, I am nothing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. When when they're hazing in new recruits at Freshy, they do tend to like piss on them and make them drink cooking oil and stuff like that. But it's character building, actually. <laughs> yeah. it makes no, you sure. a better server. Percy is a SaaS uh, software as a service technology platform. 
aimed at helping the Mm. the restaurant industry through its biggest crisis ever, staffing. Again, it's Mm. I love I I just love how like yeah, like we say, capital swoops in to replace labor um, uh, by reframing the crisis as no one wants to work anymore, but we can like use a little gizmo. To try and you know circumvent the uh, demands for a better just, life, just a little, a little gizmo, and uh, several hundred thousand Nicaraguan people who absolutely yeah, right. will mm. not be allowed to emigrate here. Oh, have, no, 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 yeah. no. But going back to it, this is what I find bizarre: is that like what? Surely it is still more expensive. At I mean, it's it's obviously more evil, but it's also more expensive to high to buy a bunch of teleconferencing equipment and get Nicaraguans to serve people when you could just get a computer like this is one thing where like the computer version of doing it actually works like it's really simple you just have a kiosk and people use it works for other why would they not do that it's it's like pennies more expensive I think also it's the um, surely in the long term it's cheaper. Well, the thing is, Freshy we're, we're has it higher long term. Yeah. We'll all be underwater yeah. in the long term. Who gives a yeah, shit? We'll be, yeah. At this point, with Liz Truss in charge of the foreign office, we'll be lucky to be underwater in the long term. Nicaragua is one of the few places that'll survive. Yeah. Um. Where? Uh, where? No. It's that that Percy is a different company, right? That's been uh, has its own call center and its own technology oh, stack. So you hire you hire you buy Percy terminals, yeah. and you get access to Percy's. Global labor force. Correct. It's like a Bloomberg terminal, but mm. for burgers. For a, for a, for a salad. Bloomburger. <laughs> Thank you, Milo. Yeah. The Bloombergulator. Oh, this Bloomburger's got to taste fucking terrible. <laughs> uh, Can you imagine Michael Bloomberg eating a burger? No, I can't. Did, was there a video of him trying to eat a hot dog? I've seen a video of him eating ice cream. Yeah, yeah just yeah, like him so like taking disturbing. out a knife and fork and attacking a hamburger. Yeah, you've been watching so much Seinfeld, man. I did once see my daddy a Big Mac with a knife and fork. Wait, tell me more about that right now. <laughs> I did, he was quite sick at the time. I think okay, he found it easier enough. that way. But I did find it funny, nevertheless. It's not even the funniest utensil with a Big Mac, but the funniest utensil is... Um, well, I was going to say... Chopsticks. Uh, no, I was going to say chopsticks, but I think it's one of the rice spoons that you get sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, th- I like the way my brain is like a filing cabinet where it's like, oh, that's a funny story. Oh, no, it's quite sad, actually. <laughs> oh, I misfiled uh, that one. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so... Uh, Percy, there about us section goes on, is named after the reliable and easy to ple- eager to please tank engine from Thomas and Friends. Isn't that uh, copyright mm. infringement of some kind? Can the estate of the Reverend no, they've licensed whatever... it, the Percy R terminal, yeah. <laughs> uh, and is designed to alleviate the restaurant industry's labor shortages by creating a dependable and human solution to the was ordering it, cashier process. Percy, the one they immured in that tunnel, like a cask of Amontillado. <laughs> Yeah, and Why? then he was, and then from in his cage, he was able to uh, direct the flow of traffic at the train yard. Didn't they? Wait, hang on a minute. Why is this marketing copy written in the style as though it's a thrush medication? Like, it's sure to <laughs> alleviate. Me the the cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pouring a bunch of blue liquid over my Percy. Listen, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> They've just done a find and replace on like the Caniston duo ad. Absenteeism is the disease, and Percy is the cure. Absenteeism is inflaming the urethra of the restaurant industry. <laughs> yeah, it, just, it just shows a uh, yeah, the restaurant a, industry is one big urethra. It just, it just shows a restaurant franchise owner running through like a field under a blue sky, wearing all white. Yeah, there are all these areas of the Percy that are glowing red, and then <laughs> this blue liquid just courses through the door of the restaurant, and that's actually seawater. <laughs> it's just the restaurant owners' partners smiling yeah. at them. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so. 
unlike a kiosk or pre-ordering app, which Milo, you noted, yeah. which removes human jobs entirely, Percy allows for the face-to-face customer experience that restaurant owners and operators want to provide their guests by mobilizing a global eager workforce. Damn, I, love it. I half heard that as a global ego workforce. <laughs> Yeah, people just... people don't like it though. Have you ever heard like when you when you fucking phone up customer support and you have to speak to someone in like India or whatever who like English is not their first language. Yeah. It can be difficult to discuss like that, and it's not their fault. Why the fuck should they have to learn English to talk to you about your fucking internet in Dagenham? Like you know, but like it's not it's not a satisfying experience for anyone. It's because <laughs> the people who made this will never ever fucking go to Freshy and talk to a Nicaraguan to get a salad. They yeah. will never eat there. It will yeah, never yeah. have this. And and the other thing is, you know who this is a great experience for? If you're the, if you're the petty tyrant <laughs> that owns the Freshie franchise, you don't want to replace the various people that have to be nice to you with a computer mm. that doesn't yeah. care. You still want people who have to be nice to you. You want humans that you can mm. order around and control. It's just the hu- the market for humans that you can order around, control, and bully like you're a marine drill sergeant, but without the physical awesome. fitness that goes with it. Yeah. That's now very expensive. Here at Nando's, we're excited to partner with Live Jasmine. Um, <laughs> so it's not about replacing people or jobs. It's not about lower pay or working conditions. It's about a labor shortage across the restaurant. It's industry. about all those things, but it's about so much more. <laughs> Most it's about society and our ways of living. Mm-hmm. Young people, the backbone of retail. Uh, yeah. Uh, as opposed to uh, the elderly, who are the duodenum of retail, yeah. or uh, uh, franchise owners, who are uh, the, the tibia, urethra of yeah. <laughs> the urethra yeah. of retail, yeah, the, urethra, right. the cloaca urethra. of retail. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm. Young people, the backbone of retail, are unable to play the f- their flexible role in the workplace today. So the backbone is not flexible enough in retail, well, yeah. which yeah. is young, young people. Young people, mm. young people are kind of like a backbone, and like if they work in the retail industry, they will be fucked by the time they're thirty-five. Literally, yeah, they won't be able to bend down and tie their shoes so uh, um so the the young people are in the young people limber up says percy by accepting a lower wage a crab walk in, yeah invest invest in some velcros you know um, uh, uh, the young people are unable to play their flexible role in the workforce today the backbone due mm. to more options and daunting financial pressures so due let's to more options they've yeah, got too many options more options yeah what, what options Mm-hmm. They don't say what they are. <laughs> I love it when a website starts by saying, "In the good old days, children with small hands were used to clean the backs of the steam loom, yes. but now they have too many choices, and children don't want to work anymore." Yeah, more, more options like sitting at home and getting your four thousand dollars of Biden bucks every month. Exactly. No questions asked. Chimneys are going unswept everywhere. <laughs> Automation is on the march in every industry. They say retail platforms like Amazon have taken humans out of the sales process. Uh, I hate when they say humans. It always makes the skin on the back of my neck crawl. Yeah, it's really yeah, not. It's, really it, yeah. it's like something Mark Zuckerberg would say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Uber Eats and other food delivery services make location irrelevant and reduce consumer interactions by pressing options on a phone. No, they don't! <laughs> location is so relevant! You have to get hot food from a place to the place where it's going to be eaten without it getting cold! What if location you... is critical! What if What if the pizza tr- delivery truck cooked the pizza in the truck and you ordered oh, it? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, what if I, I used to love it because they, they immediately, the, like, Deliveroo and stuff, like, came out over here or, like, DoorDash in the US, they immediately developed this in Russia. 
because like Russia loves to adopt stuff super fast, but they didn't really have any like any of the underlying infrastructure. So you had all these guys, they were just like dragging them in from Uzbekistan and being like, you're going to carry a box full of pizzas now. But the trouble was none of these guys had eaten a pizza before. <laughs> so I remember like one time we ordered a load of pizzas at the house party and this guy, I mean, the poor fucking dude just showed up and he'd carried them all sideways under his arms. Oh. So, like every single one was like, we're like, oh yeah, you've not you don't know what a pizza is do you buddy i you know what fair enough is a tip like whatever <laughs> yeah well you know what yeah fair enough <laughs> can't be mad at it yeah um you know, uh, so it goes on retail is a vital part of our lives it shapes our neighborhoods and communities when retail succeeds customers and communities win too and again that's why it's very important that uh all of the remaining jobs in retail are done by people we can pay a pittance in another country but definitely Definitely, if they try to come here and buy stuff from the place that they work, they will be arrested. Yes. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, they might drive wages down, unlike what they're doing now by being phoned in. Well, they'll somehow. be arrested by a cop who's an iPad on wheels. Every Canadian just like goes to bed and all the activity in Canada is just... Like yeah. we've we've outsourced the deputy prime minister. We've got like a Ukrainian nationalist from Nicaragua who's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicaraguan sex robot fucking my wife. Yeah. Simulacra, fuck that. Nicaragua is the only real country. Amen. Every everywhere else is being is like a project of Nicaraguan labor. Mm. It's it's so interesting yeah. to go on to uh, Central American YouTube and look at the comments, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean Nicaraguan mm. invents uh, Honduran uh, uh, dog people. <laughs> Honduran dog people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. of course. <laughs> uh, look, with our remaining ten minutes, I wanted to talk about something we alluded to earlier. Mm. The Britain I hate Project. This too. I hate this Alice, so much. Can you introduce dude. the children to the Britain Project? I don't want to introduce. Yeah. Is it the intellectual to the successor to Project Milo? Uh, uh, Alice, <laughs> it's an intellectual successor to Project Runway. It's an intellectual successor to Change UK, the independent group. It's an intellectual successor to the SDLP, New Labour. All of these things. Mm. It's it's not yet a political party. It's a collaborative political project. It's a political riot. <laughs> Thank you, Milo. Uh, the gist of which is to bring back centrism and, I guess, what you'd call anti-populism yeah, to finally. the public sphere. As, was Keir what Starmer... do they think Keir Starmer is? He's well, the most centrist man well, who's ever no, lived! Milo, if he were actually centrist, which is where most of the British population are, then he would be doing way better than he's doing let right me, now. Let me, let me oh, read I this see. to you. That's let, me, let me read logic. you a, a little mission statement here. Uh, we are at a political crossroads. The current direction of travel propagated by populist politicians undermines our shared collective sense of who we are as a country and where we are going and what we stand for. It actively threatens the independence of our national institutions and promotes the tolerance of lies and dishonesty as the norm. Reasoned, the rational rules, debate. The rules are back! When reasoned, was there ever rational debate? It's never, reasoned, they've never had it. Reasoned, rational debate about gender. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> is, is being stifled. Uh, our shared patriotism is under threat. And the politics no, of division. It it's being encouraged. <laughs> Just not in the way that you like. Domestic order. The, 
Milo, I really think you're practicing the politics of division right now. And the mm. politics of division We like the politics of multiplication here. Both our sense of community and any common purpose towards a common goal. Mm. The Britain Project wants to wants to arrest this development. And rebuild a consensus that puts the common good first, leaving no Britain behind. Now, I'd like you to try and just throw a few names out. Who Saving you, who Private think, Britain. <laughs> okay. who, who do you think might be, you know, involved in the so, Britain project? I know. So I'm going to give the most obvious high profile name, which is Rory Stewart. But uh, mm. I invite uh, the rest of you. Um, Dan, you can just say any other party affiliations they may have had in the past, because I know you might not be as familiar with these freaks as we are. Okay. okay. Uh, who else? Yeah, as Alice asked, who else do you think is involved in the Britain project? Have we, have we got any returning change UKers? Angela Smith. We do. Oh, for, Angela for, Smith. Her, not her, even, not even a prominent third one. consecutive centrist party. So we're not getting any Subri. No, no. Is, 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 is Swinson back? Uh, no, it, tons of also ran Lib Dems, though. Um, yeah, lots of yeah. people who kind of look, talk, and act exactly like Joe Swinson, mm. but... Mm. Uh, there's one. There's one kind of uh, terminal political loser who is involved in this, who we are missing, uh, which Ooh. is a moderate Tory who was purged in uh, the uh, in the run up to the 2019 election. It's David Gawk. David uh, he's Gawk. back. Oh. Founder, Founder of, of Gorka. Gorka. <laughs> <laughs> the, the name. Yep. The man whose name rhymes with fun. Hacks. The, the man whose name rhymes with fun. Um, there's, there's, also a guy in here, there's also a guy in here called Lord Oates, the inventor of cereal. <laughs> the former, former collaborator of Lord Hall. Lord just, Oates. Just, re just reading some names here, we've got a guy called Garvin Brown. How many, um, how many R's in that? Oh, uh, just, also, just the one. There is, uh, as far as I can, unless. Nicola Horlick, the inventor of Horlicks. Yeah, that's uh, right. And. Cherry Norton. There appears to be uh, one black person uh, who is leading, who's on the uh, governing yeah, board. Guess who it is. Uh, yeah, guess, guess who it is. Guess who the one black person they chose is. Oh, is it like Quasi Quarteng or no, someone? It, no, he's too political. He's involved in a political party. Right. Oh, okay. Fine. Uh, it's. it's uh, yeah, Hussein, guess who it is. Is it, is it Chuka? Uh, no. 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 Oh, it's, okay. However, uh, it is Trevor Phillips. Oh, of course. Okay. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. All right. Good, so good, good, good. This is a serious good. organization. Very serious organization. Um, yeah. yeah I, I, that, do, do you really love that? A new, new centra, new set, not a party yet, but it, but it has been very much supported by Tony Blair. This is I'm, from- I'm, I'm, Sorry, go ahead. I'm, one thing, I'm reading Trevor Phillips's bio on the Britain Project, and I find out here that he um, is a non-executive director of a behavioral science consultancy called Mind Gym. Join me, Mr. Charles. I hate learning about these people. <laughs> Yes. I hate yes. that I, I hate that I've created a jail for myself where as a job I have to know I, about I'm, all these I'm people. I'm doing frontal lobe curls in <laughs> the, the mind the, gym. The mind rowing machine. I got I got a good one. I, I was just looking up uh Baron a uh, Baron Lord Baron Oates. Um mm. and in 2010 the Daily Telegraph listed him as the fifth most influential liberal democrat. Wow. <laughs> but, Whoa. But that's not crazy. But that's not all. Uh <laughs> but that's not but, uh, all. He studied at Marlborough College and the University of Exeter, where, and I'm quoting Wikipedia. Oh, he's where a stupid posh guy, right? One okay, of yeah. his best friends was Tom York, who went on to become the lead singer of the band Radiohead. 
That's fun. Yeah. A friend of oh, hey, Tom York is finally citations College and Exeter University is the most powerful posh dumb guy trajectory you can possibly have. <laughs> like, the, the, like, this guy, this guy, this guy, Garvin Brown's Canadian, incidentally. No, uh, he's mm. well, for the, one thing, he's he's the distiller of yeah. Jack Daniels, uh, but also yeah, McGill University, uh, mm. University of British Columbia, uh, uh, UBC. Look. Yeah, like yeah, Baron Baron Oates, one hundred percent was in a flat share in Clapham at some point in his life. We've got Philip Collins, uh, oh, yeah. who was the chief speechwriter for Tony Blair from Genesis. <laughs> yeah, who mm. was also the chief speechwriter for Tony mm-hmm. Blair. Yeah, Garvin Brown yeah. is a literal billionaire. Yeah, who inherited mm. fifty some odd percent of the Jack Daniels fortune yeah. Yeah. from his death. That's, That's why so- every Tony Blair speech begins with drum fills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, oh, this bio is <laughs> pathetic. Sorry, this is Monica Harding. Mm-hmm. Uh, her short bio, Monica stood as the Liberal Democrat parliamentary candidate Nisha and Walton in the 2019 general election and achieved an 18.5% swing against the incumbent Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab. Uh-huh. The largest swing in the country. Okay, did wow. you win? Uh-huh. Did, you, did, you, did you win, though? I assume so, win? yeah. Based on the wording of there, I assume so. If it's the largest swing in the country. Mm. Wow. Um, anyway, th- that's why she's working here and not as an MP. Um, the Britain <laughs> yeah. Project is a group working across party lines, said Tony Blair in a speech a couple months ago. Though headed behind by, party lines, <laughs> though headed by a Lib Dem, yeah, Monica Harding, partisans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> though, headed, though headed by a Lib Dem, <laughs> Monica Harding, partisans, and it will organize a conference in May. So this conference is coming up, and we will talk about the conference. We want this yeah, conference. We're gonna go. Yeah, yeah. Of course, we're gonna go. We're gonna we're Stand gonna be outside and lick the windows. No, we're gonna be. We're all all of us. All all five of us uh, plus Dan are gonna be parliamentary candidates uh, for when they turn this from like a think tank we're, into we're a party. All, we're all getting press accreditation from gyds.com. <laughs> we should run as uh, just basically wreckers and be like, you guys aren't centrist enough. Yeah. We're the true centrists <laughs> within and against the Britain project, denouncing them as sellouts. And yeah. <laughs> you are all you're 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 insufficiently revisionist. Yeah, that's right. We should like boo them and shake our heads whenever they kind of like come close to making like any kind of decision or statement. Um, of course, you have not gone through enough evidence collection processes to come to this decision. Real some of some of their parents weren't even blue on Wikipedia. Yeah. We want this conference to be an opportunity for people to come together and set it a broad direction for the future of Britain. But all of these people are so far from any kind of meaningful political power, but so cosseted that they have no idea. What it actually, what is actually it's happening real, in Britain? It's real loser shit that you can be an actual billionaire and still be riding with these fucking nerds. It, this is like a really good way of like bringing us back to like the first section, right? Because like the view that these guys have of like politics and like the and that like the country and the people in it um, are kind of like they're all sort of less like reinforced and they're reinforced by like people that they kind of follow and they read. And again, like in the same way that. Like the talk radio, the talk TV guys and the GB news guys are still obsessed with like establishment media and like what they have to say and crucially like the approval from establishment media. Like centrists are very much the same, right? Um, and, you know, so in that way, like their worldview is not actually like that different from, and I wouldn't be surprised if like they kind of look at like right wing media and like the expansion of it. And they're just sort of like, oh, this is kind of what the country really thinks, and we need to respond to that. So our politics. So if they say that like Labour is too left or Keir Starmer is too woke, then like we have to take that at face value and not imagine that actually like they might be sort of reinforcing 
their own sense of victimhood or crucially like setting up traps that a labor party that they have always disdained like cannot resolve right and and I was just going to, I mean, just like as the last thing, which is like, you know, and it comes back to the 2019 election and like everything that's happened afterwards. And crucially, like a thing that we've spoken about a little bit, but like something that I'm always kind of noticing whenever I kind of like read about this stuff, which is that like, regardless of what happens and regardless of like the effects of like Tory policy and regardless of the effects of just like, just the state of, you know, the country at the moment, um, for so many of these guys, like, also they have to kind of believe that the decision that they made in 2019 and crucially, like, all the efforts they made to sort of undermine uh, the Corbyn shadow government and crucially to undermine, like, the activists who were in labor at the time, like, they have to kind of continually morally justify that that was the right decision to make. Um, and as a result, they've sort of ended up in this kind of weird, I don't even know what to call it, but it's just like this kind of weird circle of reinforcement that they can never really solve. But crucially, I keep kind of, ask myself now like is this really a thing that they want to solve well i think it's that they they know the answer they want they don't like they'd have no way to get there so they keep changing the vehicle that they're in right uh but they, they, they yeah they keep like changing turkish ferraris yeah and- the, the 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 only the top news story on the news section of the britain project's uh website is the text of a speech given by tony blair Ooh, i have a quote from it i have a quote from it uh I, the, the, that speech he says, he actually says this in the speech, for too, long, pol- um, for too long, politics has been all about politics, not ideas. Well, he opens wow. that speech by saying uh, awesome. that, that there is a gaping <laughs> hole in the governing of Britain, which I... <laughs> we, need to, we gotta plug it. We need Mike Gapes. He's the only it's gonna man. Take, it's gonna take a lot of people to plug that and, hole. And to, be, to be clear as well, uh, as we end, he does... The he breadth... Does, Width yeah. and depth of Sakir Starmer's bussy is yeah. a gaping hole the, the, in the, the governing the, of the Britain. Brit- the British government's goatsy agenda. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Operation Goatsy. Yeah. 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 Does- the government is more gaped than it's ever been. <laughs> D- Dan and I have to run. I do yeah. want to add. He does damn. Star- he does damn Starmer yeah. with faint praise, but it's very clear he's like or- arraying against him. Dan and I have to go like immediately. Only bipartisan politics has the flared base necessary. Oh. Awful. Um, Britain's hole. Thank you. Thank you for listening for everyone. Yeah. Thank you for I think it's gonna be a primo episode. So thank yeah, you for ooh. subscribing send, to send the bonus the episode. It was a primo episode. That means I can say Gape Britain again. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, we know what we can even title it Gape Britain, and that'll crypto, be fun. crypto gapes. Uh, yeah. so we'll mm. see you soon. Bye everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.